This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 8th, episode 2614, brought to you today by Kem and Equine. Good morning, horse people. More than 200 million Americans dealing with an Arctic blast, winter weather alerts from the Rockies to New England, even into the Deep South. Millions of Americans are battling dangerously low temperatures as a cold outbreak continues to freeze much of the U.S. Hey, did you say that your uh, North Dakota seminar was this week? Because, uh, uh, thank God, no. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm minus gonna, 35 there right now. So Yeah, hopefully it'll warm up by June. It's, <laughs> I'm doing the expo June 4th, 5th, and 6th. I'd feel a little more comfortable if it was the end of June. But or August. They went with, yeah, or August. <laughs> we lived oh. in Massachusetts. We said there was one good day you could wear not wear a jacket, and that was like July 15th. Before that, it was still spring, and after that, it started into fall. So there you go. Mm-hmm. How is your weather? Are you deep in freeze like half the country? You know what? It's funny. When you played that Arctic blast, I was getting through the little preamble that we do, and I realized I wasn't, my face is kind of still numb <laughs> from feeding this morning. And so, yeah, apparently this week and next, Oklahoma. Now, remember, there's been a long set of things that happen in Oklahoma that have happened since I've moved here that people are like, oh, my God, that's never happened. Okay. <laughs> it never is this rainy. It never is this cold. Well, apparently to have as many freezing days, like with the highs like at 20 for the most amount of days that they've ever had since like 1972. Uh, Like it's going to be the coldest two weeks since like the seventies. And I'm like, okay, it's just one more thing. I'm like, Oh my God, this never happens. We have a camper in the driveway. If you want to take a trip. I, I, I I just (laughs) went packed. That's what that silence was. (laughs) Hey, uh, congratulations to my, well, be safe, everybody, and keep those ponies safe. Pile the blankets on. I did see somebody said, can we layer blankets? That was a question asked in the auditor room. Yes, you can, as many as you want. Just pile them Man, I used to work at a place, um, (laughs) like an upper-level eventer, and there would be a, the horses were all body-clipped. And then there would be like a soft, like stable blanket. but that's like a, not not even a stable blanket. It was more like a stable like pajamas, fleece. yeah, fleecy almost. almost. Yeah. And then you would put a second a stable blanket on top of that, and then you'd put your heavy on top of that, and then you put a waterproof sheet a rain on top sheet. of that. Yes, that's right. <laughs> when we lived in Massachusetts. Yeah, some of the horses did have three or four layers. So I felt so bad for the horses. I'm like, it's you've like two hundred pounds of blankets. Pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like wearing I could a barely Western walk. saddle. <laughs> <laughs> they the go time. down the roll and they can't get back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, congrats to my many friends. I have a lot of friends in Tampa because because of podcasting, and there are a lot of podcasters down there. Uh, congratulations to them. Uh, they had a good year for sports. They've been winning everything. So uh, good I job, actually Tampa. was one of the only two people at the Super Bowl party that I'm currently hungover from uh, that actually picked Tampa Bay. Me 
and my seven-year-old son, Lucas. Everybody's <laughs> like, you picked who to win? Yeah, I'm you're like, out west, so you'd have been more the Casey thing. Well, yeah. no, just I guess everybody thought that Kansas was going to win, yeah. so it was like a no-brainer, but I'm like, Tom Brady, hello. You never bet against Tom Brady. That's the first never. rule of betting. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. And apparently it doesn't matter how old he is. He'd be 65 and still be out there playing. <laughs> when he, he just won his 78th Super Bowl. Man's <laughs> 94 years old. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, winning... I have a lottery story. We haven't had one of those in a while. And, you know, a lot of people's 2021, you know, on Friday we talked about how wonderful a year you had. There's a lot of people still not having a great time right now with deaths and sickness and all that stuff. So I thought I'd bring you a lottery story. We haven't had one in a while. Orlean Peterson was one. There was a, been a lot of lottery stories Interesting, I, I, fun I ones, love this. I read this ahead of time, and I'm going to comment <laughs> on it after you're done. Okay. So she went Friday to get uh, her usual batch of scratch-off tickets, and she buys her scratch-off tickets. And this is in Idaho, by the way. And she she is one of those people that apparently doesn't scratch them off, but runs them back through the machine. I don't understand what? that, but yeah, yeah. No, you don't have to scratch to them my... off. Apparently, you can just run them back through the machine, see if they won. Well, she ran it back through the machine, the first one on Friday, and and what happened was she had already bought some tickets, and she said she had twenty dollars left over. I never have twenty dollars left over, but she had twenty dollars left over and thought she'd buy a grand fortune ticket, one of the twenty dollar ones. Well, when she ran it through the machine, it said you need to go to the lottery headquarters to pick up your winnings, and it was two hundred thousand dollars. The next day, she bought another ticket. This woman likes playing the lottery, I guess. Um, so this next day, after she wins 200000 she buys a coming hot scratch-off ticket. She ran it through the machine, and she said, when I scanned it, it said I had to go to the lottery headquarters. And I thought maybe it was $1,000. I never imagined it would be $300,000. In two days, she won $500,000 in the scratch-off tickets. Okay, let me comment, <laughs> yeah. if you will. First off, her name is Orlean. Orlean, that's right. Nobody's been named that for about 75 years. (laughs) I've never heard anybody named Orlean. O-R-L-E-N-E. Orlean. Not like New Orleans. Like like New Orleans. Like Orlean. Okay, her name is Orlean. She uh, buys so many scratch-off tickets that she doesn't even scratch them off. Isn't (laughs) that the whole fun part of the whole scratch-off ticket? That's too too much time. (laughs) She doesn't scratch them off. She runs them through the machine. So she doesn't even, like, take the time. And she's like, what the heck, man? I'll get a coming in hot ticket. And, and, like, she wins $300,000. She doesn't even scratch it off. So she doesn't (laughs) even know that she has won money. And then the fact that you buy so many lottery tickets that you had $20 left over. (laughs) Like how many damn tickets did you buy Orlean for God's sake? I wonder if she spent a half a million dollars in tickets, right? (laughs) Well then, so she's got the total of $500,000, right? I guess that's that's, that's, that's what what she won. Okay. You know what she says she's going to do? She's going to Vegas, baby. <laughs> no, no. She's like, you can I picture just this lady attached by an umbilical cord to the slot machine. You know, we've all seen them. You can picture her just there. She's not going to play the slots, Glenn, because that's too much work <laughs> to pull the lever. Oh, you don't even you have to, to do pull that the- anymore. <laughs> you don't have to pull the lever anymore. Oh, she might be just sitting there. You know the what? Button. That's the best damn weekend ever. I'm going to get myself a new truck and go to Vegas, baby. Yeah, a new truck was on the list. I wonder if she's a horse person. Now, the lottery of officials did say the odds of a person winning two six-figure payouts in two days from two different stores are one in 282 million. So 
There you go. You think or she Lynn, played the third day? Now, let me ask you. You won two days in a row. Would you go play the third day? Yeah, damn right. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't have $20 left over. Like, how much was she spending in the first place? Oh, God. Well, our <sighs> Equiderma guest of the week today is Diana Hasten, and she uh, she's going to be with us today. She's the author of a new book that's out, and it's about her adventures with her gypsy banner, Stevie and Harley. So we're going to talk to her today, plus Deanne from Horse Nations joining us, and we have some question first of all problems. Yep, people still have problems. But before we start, I wanted to mention one of our hosts, Kayla, of the Sales and Breeding Show, and she's also one of our terrific auditors, lost her mother-in-law last week, and I just wanted to let her know that we're thinking about her and her family, uh, and uh, our thoughts are with you. So be safe. Uh, our daily winnie time. We have some birthdays today. First of all, my mentor in podcasting, Dave Jackson, who's been on this show before. Happy birthday to Dave. Our auditors, Shay Abelson, Roxana Mainster, Mary Ellen Murphy, and Marie Cornell. Happy birthday to all of you. And also, uh, we had one auditor increase their pledge. Sandy, thank you for increasing your pledge. We really appreciate it. And it's your turn. Well, I was, my daily witty goes out to kind of everybody that participated or wanted to participate in last Friday's show. Oh my gosh. Y'all just made me feel like I, I was Orlean and I won the lottery. <laughs> you won the half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Y'all were so nice to call in and, and congratulate me and send me well wishes and y'all are all just great. But the, uh, also the daily when he goes to, um, you Glenn, because I found out you're the one who put it all together. I did. Not. You told that me the otters. I didn't did do it. anything. Not claiming mm. anything. Well, uh, I, a little bird told me that you were the one who orchestrated the whole thing and that's very sweet so thank you well and i did not put a certain somebody up to all those uh, voicemails though you mean cade yeah i did not put him <laughs> up to that he, he was he was the all star on his own of the there. show <laughs> uh, you couldn't be creative enough to no. do what he did no. so it's all good no cade uh, cade definitely you know what i was thinking about that episode after which was which was a lovely show uh, it was a lovely episode, but it needed Cade because it was so it was so serious and like tear jerking that you needed Cade that day. <laughs> I did, and I'll tell you what, Cade, my aunt Sue called after the show, and she did want some money from me. So, well, let's talk about a couple other things here before we get on with our first guest. First of all, there's an equine industry survey that we promote every year. It's done by the American Horse Publications, and it's happening right now. We encourage everybody to go take it. it doesn't cost any money to do it. it these surveys are very important because they do tell us where we are as far as how many people are riding, how many horses people have, all of that stuff. Uh, I posted a link on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page, and I'll put it also in our show notes for today's episode. So just go there on your podcast player and click on the link. And it's ahpequineindustrysurvey.com. I don't expect you to remember that, but you can find it on our Facebook page. Go take the survey. It takes about 10 minutes, and uh, you'll be contributing to the, to the health of the horse world. 
Speaking of the health of the horse world, I, I was getting some insider information this morning, and it looks like Land Rover, remember we talked about on Friday, they wanted to raise $750,000 so they could do the five-star uh, event in April, and that's what they yes. needed to be able to put it on. Well, uh, from ordinary people, they raised about $130,000 of the seven hundred fifty. Now, Apparently, some large donors came in and put it a little over 400000 as of this morning. They closed it off midnight last night. So what's going to happen is apparently the executive committee will be meeting late today to review where they're at because they didn't reach the goal. They're 300000 short. So they're going to review where they're at, and they're going to make an announcement in the next couple of days. Apparently, this does not mean, don't get all excited, this does not mean that you'll be able to go watch. That's not what this means. That means they would be able to run the five-star even without an audience. So I just wanted to clarify that. Some people were thinking, hey, if we donate and they get the 750, that, that means we'll be able to go. No, that was never I, the I goal. I was kind of hoping that that was the case. So no, no, that's not the goal. The goal was never that. The goal was just to be able to run the horses at a five-star which I think confused a lot of people. And a lot of people were donating thinking that was the goal. And apparently that, 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 that's a separate issue altogether. Now, whether they're going to be able to do that entirely depends on the state and 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 also the USEF and a whole bunch of other things. That's a completely separate issue from the money, apparently. So that's what I've told. That's what a little birdie said. They're apparently now they think there's about a 50-50 chance they'll run the five star. Again, this only applies to you know how many people? 70 people? Really? And then you watch at home. The other thing I found out, which was interesting, is, and I didn't know this. Remember we were saying, well, why don't they just make money charging for the live streaming? Uh, and, you know, they could just do live streaming event and make a bunch of money that way. They don't apparently have the rights to the live stream. That's the FEI that has the rights to the live stream. So the national event doesn't have the rights. The FEI does. So there you go. I didn't know that either. So mm. much politics in all this. I know. There really There's so is. many. There's so much politics. Now, real quick, you were starting with, we got to talk about horses, right? So you were starting with a new horse from Horse and Hound over the weekend. You weren't starting. You were supervising the start of a new horse. Tell us about that. How'd it go? Well, I longlined him yesterday. <laughs> I didn't think Chad you were was like, to how be doing did you anything? longline? Yeah. I, I said I kept the lines in my left hand. So I can't put a saddle on a horse, but I can put a surcingle on a horse. So I lifted my surcingle up with my left hand. Um now he's actually quite lovely. Yeah, and I I do think he will make a kid's horse. He has a little more fear than I thought he would have. Um some of these horses come from you know, people or places that may not be super kind to them. And it's very much trying to figure out what they know and kind of navigate where their brain is. While he is super quiet and super calm, uh, he is, <clears throat> excuse me, he is um, a little afraid. Um, so, and by by saying that, thank you, honey. Chad just brought me coffee. That's why I was getting distracted. Sorry. Um, saying this is that the fourth cup after the hangover this morning. She's yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had two gallons of water, some Pedialyte, <laughs> and <clears throat> 12 cups of coffee. Well, you're not so, the only one with a hangover this morning. So that was a... I know. It's, it's, I didn't call in sick, though. So that's good. <laughs> um, anyway, so so he is, he'll be 
four years old on April 1st. I like to use their actual real birthdays once they're not off the track or once they're, when they're this young, you know, kind of gives me a little perspective on actually how old he is. So he's three, he'll be four in April and excuse me, he, um, you know, it's funny. He's he's very sweet and very friendly and stands at the gate and knickers and everything. But if you move too quick, he'll flinch, you know, just things like that. So uh, when these horses come, I, I you know, you think it's a racehorse is lived the life of a racehorse. But if they're being sent to a rescue, there's going to be, you know other things that are underlying or that you might not know all of the things because they've been through so many different hands. Uh, and so this guy, you know, basically it's just trying to figure out where their base level is. Does that make sense? Like where's their zero. And sometimes I have to get them to zero before we can keep going. He, he's fine now. He's already all, all kind of over that. I s- spent the weekend with him, but um, this week is going to suck weather wise. So he might just learn what it's like to be a uh, boarded horse. To be cold. So. <laughs> to be cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to learn what it's like to be cold. To be shivering for uh, five days in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's much riding going on if you're anywhere above about Oklahoma. Right. Well, so I, I, and it was supposed to be today was supposed to be my last nice day. So I long lined them in kind of crappy weather yesterday in my arena. I like to long line them out in the arena before I ride them out in the arena or in this case before Abby does. So she wasn't here. So I was like, I got to long line him. And so I put this, this searching along with my left hand and then I put the girls on with my left hand and I put the lines through with my left hand and then I long line him. I had a line in my right, but most of the pressure was in my left hand. So I was be I was well behaved, but yeah. Now, what would you have done if the horse wasn't well behaved Uh, and wrapped the lines all around his legs, and you only had one hand? Now, what would you have done then? I'm going to play Chad Chad here for a minute. Yeah, well, you are you're exactly replicating the conversation (laughs) that I had with my husband yesterday. What if he was bad? Um, You just let go. They're just long lines. They'll be fine. I'll catch them eventually. I'm in the arena. Where's he going to go? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to Chad. I'm like, I would have just let go. I just let go. And then I just go yard him. You know, <laughs> You know, it is interesting because the more posts I see on Facebook and stuff, all of us horse husbands go through the same damn thing. And we mm-hmm. all say the same damn things. We, we it, There's nothing new here. We're all doing the same things and saying the same things. And it doesn't matter. And you matter. all get been, ignored the I exact know, same. And I've been doing this for 30 years. And I'm still saying, I still would have said that to Jennifer had she done that. I would have said uh, the exact same thing. And I know better. I've heard the answers for 30 years. But I still <laughs> say it. It's oh, like I'm we're sorry. obligated to. You know, under our under our marriage contract, we're obligated to bring these things up. Yeah, you are. Um, and we're obligated to lie to you about it. So <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> I do have uh, a tease here. Well, two things. Uh, first of all, coming up on Wednesday night, we have the Stable Scoop Roundtable. That's our uh, show. Where it's our only roundtable show where we bring on a bunch of uh, a bunch of important people and a listener, and who are also important. And we talk about uh, all <laughs> like different. Harsh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Sorry, didn't mean to come out that way. Uh, and then we talk about a very. More serious topics than we usually do on our shows. So that'll be Wednesday at 7.30. You can find it on the Horses in the Morning or the Stable Scoop Facebook page. And it's also in the auditor room for the auditors as well. So that'll be Wednesday night at 7.30. Also, uh, hopefully by Wednesday night, uh, we'll be able to announce the 2022 Horse Lovers Cruise. 
I'm getting confirmation on that today. We picked one. I will say it will be in February of next year. Ooh, does that mean we're going to be surrounding ourselves with icebergs? Because that's the only way I'm going on a boat, (laughs) is if it can be February in Alaska, surrounded by icebergs. So uh, for all you people who are freezing, who aren't scared of boats, uh, you can look forward to that. It gives you something (laughs) to look forward to. We are actually, I wasn't necessarily going to do one next year, but we've had so many of the past cruisers ask. That's the reason we're doing it. Everybody wants to do it again. I mean, can you... Are they doing cruises now? Is not it yet. Gonna not yet. Officially... I think by next year there will Are be. they super cheap at this point? They're, no, they're about normal. I was wondering if they'd be more expensive because the demand is going to be up. As soon as people get vaccines and cruises come back, you have all these cruises that haven't gone for two years. Or all gonna... Plus, a lot of those cruisers that haven't gone for two years have credits from canceled cruises. So they're all going to be using those. So I thought prices would be way up, and they are not. Uh, this was actually a pretty good price. I will, I, I will tease with this. The, we will be in a bigger boat this year. We're going the biggest. And uh, so that's a little bit of a tease. This trip is going to be more about the boat and less about the, uh, now, well, less about this destination. I'm going to play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask an, a serious question. Yes. So it's a big, giant, impressive giant, boat. Yes. Now, the Titanic was a big, giant, no, the impressive the Titanic boat, was half the size of this one. They did not have enough lifeboats. Does this place, does this boat have enough yeah, lifeboats? Yeah, they kind of like, fixed that, uh, you know, problem. Post-Titanic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, I don't and know, also after that Italian that Italian cruise ship went over sideways because the captain was fooling around with his mistress in the cabin. Um, that was just, what, a couple of years ago. They, they, what? Yeah. You, oh my God. <laughs> so that one, uh, they uh, kind of, you know, made sure that's enough life votes now. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, we'll be announcing more about that. How about we do? Sorry, my... I'm not going to comment anymore on anybody cruising. It's a y'all are you taking We're your gonna life. We're going to do it anyway, despite fine. what you say. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the same yeah. reason we all still eat meat, even though you've been preaching that for 10 years, preaching vegetarianism. See, exactly. And all these people that said all these nice things on Friday and have sent me emails. Oh, wow, you're so inspiring. No, apparently not. You're all lying. <laughs> well, you're inspiring in certain areas, other areas you're <laughs> just a pain in the ass is what Other it comes down to. Just You're just a pain. <laughs> and now it's time for today's equestrian who knew fact of the day. Please note that it's been two weeks and I'm still doing these. Uh, I'll let you know that. I think this is like the fifth one that I've heard. So I'm proud of you, buddy. Proud. A genetic study published in 2004 concluded that donkeys were domesticated in northeastern Africa 6,000 years ago or earlier. They were well suited for the desert, obviously requiring little water and able to subsist on meager vegetation. But did you know that in 2002, I didn't, I didn't know this till this morning, in a burial complex along the Nile, about 300 miles south of Cairo, archaeologists discovered the skeletons of 10 donkeys that had been buried as if they were high-ranking human officials. And the really cool part about this is they weren't buried with a human. In those days, if you were really important, they buried you with your horses and your they your entire staff. Uh, you know, everybody. Good Lord, they kill everybody at the same time and just. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, what? that's that. Oh yeah, there, there were they found uh, you know Egyptian pharaohs with entire household staffs. Yeah, would be buried. It was an honor to go to the great beyond with your with your pharaoh. Ooh, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It didn't pay to have be a servant back then. <laughs> so, You're my best servant. I quit. <laughs> 
So these were buried by themselves. There were no humans in it, which they found interesting. And they were almost intact. Uh, so they really, and, and through other evidence, they discovered, and this is writings on the wall, you know, the ancient writings and stuff on the walls, they discovered that donkeys held a very high importance in Egyptian society. Also, polo, you know, we know polo as the rich man's sport, the sport of the kings, but well-heeled polo players didn't always ride horses. Research confirms that an ancient Chinese noblewoman, and then the more I read, that got me reading about, well, I thought it would have been the men in China playing polo. Apparently, it was very popular with women in China that were noble women and of high rank played polo. And that goes back to pre-BC pre, uh, times, you know, so this it goes way back, uh, women were playing polo, which I kind of was surprised about that. Um, they, they played the game on donkeys. They found evidence that they enjoyed playing the game on donkeys. We're gonna let you play. <laughs> but you but get the donkeys. Here's the caveat: you gotta play riding the donkey. This is gonna be so fun. Do you think that they're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do: we are going to bury ten intact donkeys, all alive, of course. We're gonna throw them all in the thing and then just cover them up. And in like, maybe like, I don't know. Thousands of years, somebody's going to find it and just be so confused. Here's what we're gonna do. This is going to be great. This is going to be so funny. We're going to long con the joke here. <laughs> well, they did it in China, too, because she was buried with her prized donkeys when she died, this noble woman that played polo. Uh, and there are many examples of Chinese artwork depicting women that one would assume were of higher status playing polo on donkeys. And that okay, comes from I the Museum of Polo. I have a challenge for our listeners and for Jennifer. I would like to talk to on the show a polo player riding a donkey. <laughs> now, they did say that back then, you know, four or 5,000 years ago, apparently donkeys were more like mules. They were kind of, they were larger than they are today. So they were a little different, apparently, than they were today. And I got to reading, why would they ride donkeys playing polo? And what they, what they assume is that they were tougher, and polo was more violent back then. <laughs> apparently, it wasn't the kind they gentleman They played with sports. swords. <laughs> they, they were running into each other, trying to take each other out of the game and things. So and now, they another were thing, what, why women No thoroughbred was going to li live through that, apparently. <laughs> you know what? Here's the sport we're going to do. We're going to write this on caves. It's going to be hilarious. We're going to make all the women ride donkeys and play polo with swords. Okay. Like, and the, the, right. the last woman's a mallet in one hand, sword in the other. <laughs> it's all making sense now. And I am sorry for offending all the ancient Chinese women who were pioneers. Who were badass, and now you've insulted polo. them. Right. I mean, <laughs> they were so badass, you could kill all their animals and put them in the grave with them. So I really go. don't feel like that was a, like a, I don't know. I, I, I feel, mm -mm, no, I'm not feeling good about this. You know, you got a job working for the Pharaoh, which, you know, that's a pretty cushy job because you're living in the palace and you're probably. Except for you're going to be thrown in exactly. his grave alive when he dies. <laughs> exactly. What is so, happening to this radio show right now? Well, maybe, maybe, so <laughs> maybe you, you were discouraged from poisoning him then. Maybe that was the ultimate goal was they got poisoned all the time back then. It seemed like, you, you know, you were discouraged from poisoning because you know, you'd go along. So, you know, God, that. that's really actually pretty intelligent comment. 
<laughs> so maybe that was the reason. That You know, everything else is assumption here. These scientists don't know for fact any of this stuff. They're just assuming. I'm assuming that it, it really helped with uh, not getting killed. Because you really wanted your pharaoh to live for a long time if you're working for him. You, the scientists didn't assume that. You just assumed that. <laughs> That's right. I did. Just like a scientist. <laughs> All right. Let's, speaking of science, let's talk to somebody about a company that knows a little more about science than we do. I am so sorry, Kevin, that you are <laughs> sponsoring today's show. Um, by the way, did you ever think I would do that to your fact of the day? <laughs> Actually, it was kind of funny. So was Just funny. wait. wait there was a lot fact. there that you could play with in that fact See of the day. See what happens in your next fact of the day. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, millions of Americans do the same thing every January. Sign up for gym memberships and resolve to get fit. And in a few weeks <laughs> or days, many of them have already thrown in the towel. Luckily, it's much easier to pump up the performance of your horse. You see, every cell in your horse relies on glucose to fuel its function and growth. Feeding your horse chromium helps optimize the use of glucose so your horse has more energy for body upkeep, health, and performance, ultimately resulting in improved overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Give your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name. Otherwise, you might not get what you pay for. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at chemin.com slash chromium EQ. And if you are interested in learning about how donkeys process chromium, I don't know if it's on their site, but Glenn will probably tell you. (laughs) That's the next fact of the day. (laughs) Well, coming up next is our Equiderma guest of the week. We have Diana. Is it Hazen? It's Hazen. Hazen. Okay. with Raisin. Oh, rhymes with raisin. Perfect. Well, and uh, <laughs> Diana's coming to us from a lovely near Philadelphia, right outside of Philadelphia in an area I know pretty well. And we have her on. We were recommended by Equiderma to have her on because, one, she has a new book out, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But two, she has the most beautiful gypsy banner, Stevie and Harley, who have become quite a celebrity force by themselves. Good morning, Diana. Good morning. So you, were you always a horse person or is this a new thing? You know, oh no, I I have been obsessed with horses since I was born. However, I was never uh, able to get my own horse or pony. And so I didn't really get into it until I was an adult. I was really in my, I'm going to say it was in my forties, I guess, when I got my first horse. And was your first horse these two or did you, so it was before these two? No, I I got an old guy. I figured since it had been so many years since I had been on a horse, I better get something that's, you know, pretty controllable. What? You mean you didn't start with a bull and learn together? Come on. (laughs) No. Um, But anyway, he was a real sweet guy. We only had him for a couple of years. Um, And then um, my uncle was actually... um, uh, a big horse freak himself, although he didn't have horses, but he was a, a freak about horses, especially draft horses. And one day he um, was talking to me at a family gathering about this new breed he had heard of called the Gypsy Vanner. And he asked me if I had heard about them. And I said, no, and what, you know, what's that? And um, he explained to me, you know, that they were beautiful and they were really good with children. So, uh, we we ended the conversation and the next day I found tucked in my door uh, about an inch thick uh, papers of 
pictures of gypsy vanners that he had run off, I guess, on the internet <laughs> and stuck them in my door. Didn't say anything, just left. And of course I looked at them and I knew right away that that was, that was my dream horse. Did he that warn was, you that, that was you something would, I was have to get. did you warn you that you were going to be spending 24 hours a day grooming? Did he mention anything about that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and there's not, there's not a lot of gypsy vanners around here where I live. And I think I know why now. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's because of the grooming, but I will say I love grooming and it's so worth it because those guys are so fun and they're so sweet. I've had so much fun with them. I feel so blessed. Uh, Jamie, I lived near where she lives and the mud is incredible. And so I cannot imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have really yeah. good Feathers soil and mud. mud there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you are correct. So Stevie and Harley, uh, tell us a little bit about Stevie and Harley. Well, Stevie and Harley, um, I've had them each since they were yearlings. They're two years apart. And um, uh, I've been through just about everything with them, all their training. Uh, I've done mostly self-care, but recently um, I've had them at a full-service boarding barn. So... Uh, I haven't, you know, been with them every moment, but we're pretty close. We've had we've had a, a long history together, so uh, I feel so lucky to have them. I I'm just the luckiest lady in the world because I say that because as a kid, you know, I wasn't allowed to have a pony. This is what happens when Daddy doesn't buy you a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson here: buy your daughter the yeah. pony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or don't let her get her own when she's 40. There's, I could go that way with it in court, too. Uh, well, well my, my poor husband, he's the one that's been paying the price for this. So Yeah, we always do. We're the what ones that pay. I just discussed this earlier in the show, how we're always the ones that are paying the price for years and years and years oh, yeah. for this. Yeah. Now, you did oh, yeah. want to do some good with uh, Stevie and Harley. But before we talk about that, tell us about the COVID parade that you, you put together. Oh, that was so fun. Well, you know, it, it, it was selfish, really, because um, we really wanted to do, when I say we, I have a couple of people who help me out with the horses because there's a lot of grooming and a lot of work involved, too. And I can't just do it all myself. So um, my buddy, Sue, uh, Sue Noel, is their trainer and like a second mom to them. Well, we were talking one day about, you know, gee, this is this has really been tough. You know, what can we do with the horses? They need to get out. And it would make us feel good to make other people feel good. So um, I got to thinking, you know, I, I personally love bagpipes. And my horses are from England. And so it just made sense to just call. We called our, our friend Gary Goose, who is our bagpiper. He's been on a few runs with us. He's becoming a regular. And so he came over to the barn. We cleaned the boys up and uh, we marched down the street and um, had a little, you know, I, I guess it was about a half an hour, maybe a little parade down the street. And it was so fun. I mean, people were running out to the street and, you know, they could still socially distance and we all had masks on and it was, it was just great. And the boys were so good. And of course, you know, how it goes with horses. Um, it was trash day and everybody <laughs> had their trash cans out and of course it was windy, but they were really good. They, we, we were lucky. It, it went very smoothly and people were clapping and happy and it was, it was so fun. And so 
because of the fun, we, we did it again at Christmas time. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Christmas yeah. time would be a great time to do it with him playing cr- Christmas tunes on the bagpipe. And you can hear a bagpipe yeah. from about 12 miles away. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was fun. We, we, it was, we got a lot of attention. That's so cool, and it probably cheered up the whole neighborhood. I think that's neat. We, we, I belonged to the uh, Red Rose Carriage Club when we first were together, and we lived in Lancaster County, and there were about 40 carriages that belonged to the club, and we would go every weekend oh. to a different location around Lancaster County, and it was led by a wagon that had a calliope in it, a working calliope that would play <laughs> and lead the parade of carriages, and it was pulled by six little white ponies. And oh, so we man. had this calliope leading awesome. the parade and we'd go through cities and towns and people would come out and they'd, they'd, they'd cheer and clap and it was a lot of fun. So yeah. I, I, it, it is, you know, I think, I think that's forced people. Like we're so lucky because, you know, we're around them a lot and, um, you know, we, we get used to it. I mean, every day I still think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have these guys and I've had them for 13 and 15 years and I still feel so lucky. And I, I think a lot of us forget that, people who don't see them every day really appreciate it too. You know, it's a big deal more, maybe more of a big deal than it is to horse people. Well, we take for granted too what we have, right? I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's horses or whatever, and you get used to your horse being there and you forget sometimes how cute they are. And then when other people come over and just, you know, gush all over them, tell us about the book, Stevie and Harley's purpose. Okay. Well, um, I was obviously inspired uh, to write a story about my horses because I love them so much. And, um, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to have beautiful horses that just sat in their field and looked pretty. I mean, that's nice, but I really wanted, I wanted a job, you know, for, for them and for myself too. Um, and so I was inspired to write a book about having a purpose because I think everybody needs a purpose and that includes animals. Um, so first it was, uh, inspired by the horses, obviously. And then second, um, it was, uh, like a nod of thanks to my uncle who, uh, introduced me to the breed. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't even, you know, I would not be in this position of owning them because I would never have known about them. Well, I probably would have discovered it eventually, but, um, he was really, he was very encouraging to me. And even though he wasn't related to me, he married my mom's sister. Um, we always had common ground talking about the horses. And so um, the book is, is there's, uh, you know, there's, there's fantasy in the book, but there's also some things that are based on truth. Um, and the farmer, uh, Otto G. Rowe, is uh, a sort of a, a nod to my uncle because he was a pilot. And he also flew something called the Autogyro. I don't know if any of you have heard of that, but it is the predecessor to the helicopter. And um, so I, I talk about this Autogyro uh, having his flying machine. He loved his flying machine and his horses. Uh, and so the book is about, him aging and what is he going to do with his horses yeah, as he's aging? What is he uh, able to do to give them a good future and give them a purpose? So that's what it's about. And then it's an illustrated the kids' book, book, right? It's an illustrated kids' book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's an easy read. <laughs> Printing's really big. <laughs> All right, you can find that. I'll put so, a link to it in our show notes. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. I'll put a link to it. It's called Stevie and Harley's Purpose. Uh, and uh, one of you know, obviously, something else we want to talk to you about before we let you go is you have gypsies. For God's sake, all you do is groom them. And I know that one of your yeah. favorite products is the Equiderma Skin Lotion. Obviously, oh, you got it. <laughs> so tell uh, us yeah. why. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't live without it. I love really and truly. I love all their products, but I'm going to say that the lotion is the thing I can't live without. Um, I use it well. I use it on their feather all the time um, because, you know, they're hairy guys and they get fungus and all sorts of delicious things um, that need care. And so I got to keep that that lotion around all the time. It it'll clear up a sweet itch in no time. I mean, a day or two. And it's just a constant battle with the feather. And then, of course, um, yeah, there's there's always some skin thing happening, but I the, the lotion oh, I can't live without it. Love it so much. And you know, especially, do you get scratches with these horses? That is a constant battle, and the scratch the scratches, like you said, I actually had to clip um, because of the uh, we had terrible weather and conditions. I actually had to clip their feather off. It just about killed me. So, um, but everything's good now. So we're just waiting for them to grow in. Well, that's great. And it's, of course, you can find all the Equiderma products. You can go to Equiderma.com and we'll put a link also to, uh, to the book in there as well. So you can find that, uh, you can find that right in your show notes. Just click on the link. Stevie and Harley's Purpose. Thank you so much, Diana, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good day. All right. Now go back to grooming. Out to the barn. <laughs> go back out and braid Thank some you. more. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. You see the manes on those horses in the pictures? <laughs> I, You know, I've worked with, when I was a vet tech in Arizona, was my first experience with gypsies, and they are the sweetest horses. But good God. It was like summertime in Phoenix and these, they won't cut the horse's hair. They won't trim it like nothing. These poor horses in Arizona with all that hair. Oh my gosh. They must have died. I can't imagine in Florida. There are, there's a big gypsy vander farm right near us. They must have 30 of them, but in the summer, they just must be awful. I'm dealing with the fact that I have an Andalusian cult and I'm like, oh, you're not allowed to like roach your mane. So can you never do that? Um, a proper Andalusian horse owner would never do that. Apparently back, you can right? roach the broodmare's manes, I guess. But like, yeah, no, you don't ever. So I, don't I have think. a serious question. Now, I'm not being s- stupid about this. I don't know the answer. Once you roach their mane one time, does it affect the mane forever? No, I roach Zeus's all the time. I know, I do, his... we do too. And that's why I was wondering, does it affect the mane? Does it not come in as... Does it come in differently? Well, Zeus's hasn't. His comes in almost thicker, I think. So but, I think you could do it as long as nobody's looking. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can't like physically, like I can't, I worked, I am in my 40s and I finally get my dream Andalusian, <laughs> Glenn. I'm not roaching the mane, but dear God, I am not. It'll grow back by spring. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's true. It'll be, it'll be fine. Can't, Just can't cut do it, it off. <laughs> Cut Can't it off. It. See what's under there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? 
time. Let's do it. For this. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. That's right. It ought to be good because it is good because these are real, real problems that our auditors have. And um, on Sunday night, sometimes Monday morning, I put up a post on the auditor's Facebook page and I say, tell me what your problems are. And these people share their sad tales of woe. And if you have sad tales of woe you would like to share, then you need to become an auditor. Glenn, how do they do that? Just go to the website, go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down the right side of the page and you'll see the auditor banner for as little as $3 a month you too can join the party well kaya starts this off and she said uh she gave oh, a the lesson other thing on- they get wait before you start i wanted to say the other thing they get is the post show and we'll have one of those for you today so stay around to the end okay there's a special way to be able to do that and you glenn will to, tell you if yeah, you become an author yeah, it's secret um, Katya says, I gave a lesson on the horse. I got specifically to be a school horse. And then I realized that I like him so much. That I don't want anybody else to ride him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was shopping for a client and it was, and I found chili, the famous chili and I got on him and I'm test riding him and oh my God, I loved him. I loved him. And I got off and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, I, I, I don't know because I really love him, but I don't know if I like him for you or for me better. <laughs> <laughs> that was our chili. Um, of course, they ended up buying him. We had him forever and ever, and he was amazing. Uh, Carrie Wait says that you I can't mention his name without, uh-huh. you know, you can't mention it. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Chili's coming in the barn. Chili, hurry up. No, you just take a horse away and, and then. <laughs> yeah, that's what you hear the whole time you're riding. I had to wait for him to get in the barn. <laughs> one of his friends is missing. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, Carrie says, I clipped more of my horse's hair on Saturday and somehow I got hair stuck through my breeches and it was poking me in the legs until I could get home to shower. How does that even happen? I'll tell you how it happens. All you have to do is move some hay around. I, I went and bought hay in my riding pants and um, terrible idea because they throw it into the truck bed and I stack it with my breeches on. And to this day, I still get little pokies. <laughs> when I put the, I'm like, oh, this is a hay pair. John, don't like, ever I wear fleece. Them. Don't ever wear fleece when you're doing well, hay. That's what, that they're like fleece on the uh... inside. It trapped it. Um, Caroline says, I found a fantastic, really bad at it on Craigslist. And then I went back to look at it so I could record it. And the listing was deleted. Rude. Because <laughs> they knew how bad it was. <laughs> screenshot, baby. Yeah, screenshot it immediately. That's why we don't let you send links to Jennifer because half the time they've been bold by yeah, the time we actually get to them. Kimberly said, so far, I, this is last night when she posted it. So far, I won the first quarter in the Super Bowl pool at work. Yay, $160. But we're doing contactless payoffs. So that means the money gets Venmoed into our joint account. <laughs> I can't hide it in my horsey fund. <laughs> you know, there's less satisfaction of going into work the next day and bragging and collecting the cash in person, too. Yes. It's just not as satisfying. Well, I don't know. I'll take Venmo, but it just Venmo it into my own personal account, not to the one my husband sees. Thanks. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Jennifer said, I needed to charge the Pivo, but it only came with the USB port charge cord. And who has a USB port plug in their barn? Not me. <laughs> you can get little things that plug into your power All port. this technology. Yeah. Just, just Amazon, um, $9. You got it covered. Patty said, my horse lost her shoe in either the snow or the mud last week. And since the snow is melting, it's too slick for the farrier to get to the barn. So now I have to wait another week for the shoe to get put back on. And then we're supposed to have some nice days this week when I might actually be able to ride. And she's missing a shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Lilla said, "Um, it's not equestrian, but it's definitely first world. And it's really sad. Are you ready? I'm ready. My husband and I are flying to Florida next week to do two days at Walt Disney World, and we're going to go to Epcot and then the studios. But then Disney upgraded our resort to a value from a value resort to the Grand Floridian Deluxe Resort. So now we're going to have to go to the Magic Kingdom because the resort is just across the lake. Okay, so Um, I didn't know they did that because the great the value resort they were at probably was one hundred and eighty dollars a night, and the great the Floridians about six hundred a night. So they're trying to keep everybody in the same hotel. That's a good upgrade. (laughs) That's that's a good one. Um, I I that is the one place I took Lucas was Magic Kingdom, and um, he was kind of bored, so I I might not do it. Uh, if my he was bored at Magic Kingdom. Well, first of all, we went on the, you know, the, the, there's the lines were pretty long, oh, that'll you know, it. and I mean, so bore anybody. So it was kind of boring that way. And so we got a fast pass, but the only thing we could get a fast pass for was that haunted, the haunted mansion mansion. Yeah. And we went through the whole mansion and we come out and I'm like, well, that cool. He's like, I am never going on that ride again. That was so scary. Really? That's the <laughs> yes. least scary haunted mansion in in existence. He thought it was terrifying and he did not appreciate the ghost sitting in his lap. At the <laughs> Boy, don't I was like, take I'm him to you, a buddy. real haunted mansion. He'll never be right. I'm with you. It's too terrifying. <laughs> Andrea said, I just, speaking of Equiderma. <laughs> I just got my equiderma ointment in the mail, but like my horse doesn't have any cuts for me to put the <laughs> ointment on. <laughs> it lasts for years. She'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you want to try it out. Just rub it in your cuticles. It's amazing. Uh, TJ said um, <laughs> that she came up the. She had two of them, and I'm trying to decide which one to read. I'll go with this one. I still haven't been able to tie my Mechate reins to my Bosal, so now I have to wait for somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> I can't do it. There's a certain knot, isn't there? A certain way it has to be tied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Ellen said, I am looking for a new cart for my mini mare. And there's so many options and styles and suspension types. Like why doesn't consumer reports rank <laughs> mini horse carts? <laughs> the oh, fact that and- she has choices years ago, you, you couldn't find a cart for a mini. No, yeah, no. Now there's and now a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Now you need a consumer report. Uh, Anna said, Oh my God, I get a 10 day vacation, but only because I'm a riding instructor and the temps don't get above five for like ever (laughs) (laughs) take that vacation girl run with it go south for god's sake uh laura said i ordered rubber this is actually a problem i ordered rubber pavers for my new barn aisle floor back in october and they haven't even shipped yet is that a covid thing are they Yeah. yeah well so my one of my students ordered a custom 
fitted saddle for her horse and it came from Ireland. And so they sent it and they get it here and it doesn't fit. (laughs) So she's like, Oh God. So she had $300 to to send it back. (laughs) Yeah. Back to Ireland. But boom, the day after she did it was like the kind of day COVID hit. She literally just got her saddle. Like almost a year later. Yeah, almost a year later. And and all it did was sit in the customs office in America. They wouldn't even ship it to, to Ireland. <laughs> so wow. she's like, just got her saddle. She's like, I'm ready for lessons. And I'm like, it's snowing. Suck There's $7,000 on hold for a year. <laughs> yes. I mean, insane. Um, Robin, I'm going to save yours for last because I really like it. Um, Ursina says, my gelding is leaving for training. And that means my other gelding is going to be home alone. So now I need to like buy another horse for my gelding who's going to be home all alone. As yes, a horse husband, do. I would say a goat does it too. Just saying. <laughs> she said her budget says no. Or a so mini, maybe. She didn't need the husband Eight a dollar. Nana says, our riding horses are sound and going so well that I, like, barely have time to drive my pony. (laughs) (laughs) It'll come around, Nana. It'll come around. Uh, She also says, by the way, they posted ride times for my horse show, and I got the 8 a.m. dressage slot again. (laughs) This is the third in a row. I hated that when we had to travel three hours to a show, and she'd get the first ride time. It's like, don't you look where we live and... According to that, judge who goes first. Yes, they want to sell stabling. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer says, I have to drive all the way home from Ocala tomorrow at the World Equestrian Fire. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to apologize to her. She's probably listening to this. We were supposed to get together last week, but uh, I actually, I didn't tell anybody this, but uh, I've been sick for a couple of weeks with a cold-like symptoms, and we weren't sure, so I finally got Did tested. Did you get your COVID test back? Yeah, finally. You got it back yesterday, and I, it was not. I was negative. So, But I didn't want to get together with anybody because I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, you're self-quarantining. Proud of you, buddy. You're yep, supposed yep. to do that. I bet, Karen? And, and, I, and, of course, I get the negative test back, and I start to feel better uh, over the weekend, too. So there you go. <laughs> Karen Chatton said, Oh, my God, I got a new saddle to go with my new horse. But it also came... With two feet of new snow. <laughs> yeah, she lives in the she lives in northern mountains of Nevada, and they get a lot of snow up there. Oh well, pretty though. Um, let's see. Holly says my stupid friends, my stupid family wanted to hang out, but I just want to hang out with my horses. <laughs> just say throw out the COVID. You know what? Horse I'm, girls are I not good I for family it. dynamics. They really are not. You guys disturb the family dynamics. Um, we do. Okay. How many, how many more do we have time for? You have time for one more. Okay. Sorry. It took so long. I got to find. You had a lot today. There's a lot of problems in the world. Well, we, we did. We had a lot. I Important didn't get to most problems. of them. Yeah. Um, you can go on the auditor's were, page. Let me guess. Most of them were weather related and it's too freaking cold. Less weather than last week. Because oh, really? last week, every one of them. And Robin has a real real problem okay poor robin she says both and again these are first world problems remember hers is real both of my dodge trucks have manual transmissions but their gear pattern is different on each of them so like when i drive (laughs) i have to look at the stick shift when i switch between them that would suck i think i'd be screwing up all the time (laughs) 
Oh my god! So my my little beetle, she says. By the way, some other people actually like driving sticks. I know, and you're my people. Um, but my beetle, you know, first gear, second gear, third. But I drove a stick shift Dodge for so many years, and you would you never use gear one because that was like pulling up a hill, you know, gear. And so now still to this day, I'll start my in beetle second. like in second and it dies. <laughs> like, <laughs> embarrassingly, like every I'm on a stoplight and people are like hack hack and I'm like cranking my car <laughs> because I try to start it in second gear. You'll never ever grow out of it, Robin. It's a problem forever. I gotta ask you, because I learned to drive on a beetle, the 1970s version, probably late 60s version beetle. Do, are the clutches still stiff as a board? I mean, those clutches were so stiff. You know, they've done some improvements all the way up through 2013, Glenn. So, okay, no, my 2013 is fairly easy to drive. Oh, they were so <laughs> stiff. You'd need, you need to lift weights to be able to push the clutch in. That was how my Dodge was. I, <laughs> I had, like, I, I lived in Atlanta, and I drove you know, to work. And I remember I oh, worked that start in and stop traffic oh, and God. start and stop traffic. And a Dodge truck that is a, it was a work truck. And so and my you were eating left, your breakfast at the same time, that had to really suck. That really my did. left, my left quad was like, <laughs> I was a bodybuilder. <laughs> my right. It was like, how did we do it back up? then? Because if you remember right, also in those early cars, there were no cup holders. So you had your coffee between your legs as you were shifting. <laughs> You know, I actually think that this is why I like driving a stick shift because I literally can't do anything else but drive. I can't look at my phone. I can't have a cup of coffee in my lap. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't multitask apparently when I'm driving very well. So I kind of like it because it keeps me behaving. You know, I'm not checking my text that just came in while I'm yeah, driving. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. But no, of course not. Jennifer's always laughs at me because every time we go car shopping, the first thing I look at is how many cup holders. And it's because I was so traumatized from not That's having true. cup holders when I first started driving. Because that was do not you, a thing. <laughs> do you make sure that there's a mirror in yeah, front yeah, of that's the driver's a, side. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, do, well, you remember <laughs> there also weren't mirrors on the passenger sides back then. You didn't have mirrors on on uh, both sides back then. You only had a mirror on the one side. Yeah, it was well. crazy. <laughs> Mine has days, a mirror on the driver's side, but it's broken. <laughs> those days. Now we did have seat belts. They just come in when I started driving. God, you're old <laughs> and a girl. They so. had just come in, actually. <laughs> but I actually took my driver's test in a full-size, huge van because we had four four boys. So my parents had one of those long Chevy vans with no nose. It was flat in the front. And that's what I took my driver's test in. And I we all flunked the first time doing the three-point turn because you could not fit it in a spot. So we all flunked doing the three-point turns in that van. And it was you a just stick gotta too, tell the, the person, way. hang on. And it was a stick, but that stick, did you ever drive one where the stick was on the dash? No, I could never do that. So <laughs> where it was on the steering wheel? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one I drove and stick was on the steering wheel. It's time to say hello to Deanne from Horse Nation. Hello, Deanne. Good morning. How are you this Monday morning? Living the dream, man. We've been talking about driving and vehicles and first world problems. You know, it's been a big day. And Glenn, just ask me uh, how how driving is going. I I I drove my truck for the first time. I finally can go to the grocery store. I had I had surgery on my arm. You can but shop I drive with one hand, okay? Shift. That's all right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pushing a shopping cart, by the way, a buggy is really hard with one hand. It really is because you have to center like your good hand in the middle of it. 
it so that mm-hmm. you can like pivot turn. And if you don't, the cart, I feel like it's like a duck with one leg. Like you're just going to go in circles if you don't have your hand in the right spot. I had this problem. Want- you know you know what I did? I got in front of it and pulled it and then it's no problem. Yeah. And I tried that, but I kept he- hitting, clipping myself in the heels. <laughs> <laughs> My arms aren't long enough. So, um, so did you say you are able to drive a stick now? No, I can't drive oh. the stick, but my truck, my truck is a, uh, is an automatic. So okay. I, instead of driving my fun little tiny beetle, that is a stick shift. I can't use my right arm quite yet. So, right. um, but I can drive the big truck, which seems really safe. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so idea. funny piece of trivia for you. My husband did not learn to drive stick until I ripped up my knee. Um, and in his defense, like he grew up driving tractors and stuff. So it's not like, it's not like him learning to drive stick was him chugging and like shredding my transmission. But I had a little like Beamer that I loved and I tore up my ACL and like ripped up my meniscus. And for those first couple of weeks while I was still all, like swollen and everything, I couldn't operate the clutch because I didn't have that much flexion in my knee. <laughs> so we had to, um, we, ha- I like literally like put him in my car and was like, let's go for a ride. You're learning to drive it. Cause I'm not selling it. <laughs> I'm not that look at you teaching your husband how to drive stick. That's fantastic. How'd that go by the way? We always love learning things from our wives. That goes really oh, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I will say that that was one of the more forgiving clutches I think I've owned so it was a really easy one to learn on. Okay. Like, right, like I lived, I learned on some like old military Jeep with big old long gears and that sucker, you know, you, if you mistimed it, it chugged and it grinded and did all the things. So learning, learning on a little like German engineered sports car, it totally spoils people. I learned how to drive stick in a vegetable truck. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was in 1930. Uh, so, <laughs> so but do I you... do laugh, but I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're trying to get the horse stuff. I was going to say the result of learning to drive stick on a vehicle like that is I have yet to meet a clutch I couldn't drive. <laughs> okay. I gotta, I've been waiting to tell this story, but I got to sell it now because it's a driving story. So when we went, we went camping at, at Fort Wilderness and we're parked beside this guy, this o- older couple in this great big, huge, had to be 42 foot motorhome. It was one of those big bus ones. And they're from Pennsylvania, ironically enough, near where their last guest was lived. And we're talking to him the one day, and he said, yeah, my wife flies down. We come down every year, my wife flies down. I'm going blind now, so I drive I drive the motorhome <laughs> down, and she flies. In one sentence, he said that. And I was, <laughs> Jennifer and I were both like, what? And after I said, did he say he's going blind and he drives the motorhome and she flies? And she said, yep, that's what he said. And he said, well, I'll probably only be able to do it because I couldn't even see to back it up this time. I had to get help. Oh, oh God. God. Did you just like sit there with your jaw open, like collecting like, yes. flies? Like I yes. feel like I would just, that would be my response. Yes. He couldn't see Like when are up. you leaving? Because I'm going to leave five <laughs> minutes before you. No, he has to drive Route 95. We all know what Route 95 is like on the East Coast. He drives that freaking motorhome for a thousand miles and he's almost blind. There we go. That's Welcome to Florida. Yeah, right. <laughs> Florida man, although he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> All right. <I'm> um, <laughs> well, I, I do love this. Um, I, you know, I'm always looking for ads to read on the show. Like we love to read funny ads that people have posted and you actually wrote, is it you? Right. Yeah. I think you wrote this one I did. and it is horse buyer language translated. And so why don't you walk us through what people say versus what they actually mean in a horse buying ad? 
Absolutely. No, I do want to preface this with we had done like and these pop up all the time, like what horse sale ads translated and we've all seen them and they're funny. And so that's why we did one anyway. And I was like, you know what? It is only fair that we say a horse buyer or we write a horse buyer ads translated because, you know, if you've ever sold a horse, you absolutely know what I'm talking about on this. And shout out to my friends because I didn't write this myself. I had input from the wonderful people at the Western Thoroughbred and my other friends um, at NCE. And everybody was drinking at the point, so <laughs> probably. Yeah. But so um, one of my favorite was bombproof. I spook at everything so my horse can't. If it trots, I will think it is running away with me. Yes. So true. <laughs> or like. Or the, or like the whole series of what buyers mean when they say they're beginners, intermediates, or experienced. Because again, like, and Jamie, I know you work oh, with and retrain so a lot of horses. So you absolutely know this when you talk to a potential buyer and they're like, oh yeah, I'm experienced. And they get there and they like have never cantered a horse. And you're like, experienced doing what? So it's like beginner rider. I had a pony ride once. Intermediate <laughs> rider. I went on a guided trail ride once experienced rider. I went on a guided trail ride twice. <laughs> Advanced rider. I cantered in a lesson once have quote unquote jumped some cross rails. My horse trotted over them. I had somebody come out to, I'm not going to give too much uh, detail in this, but somebody come out to try one of the horses and it is, uh, it, it was my own personal horse, five-year-old thoroughbred, 16, three, five years old. My ads are very honest. This, this horse needs training. He's priced because he needs more training. He hasn't competed. He hasn't shown. He's just a horse. And these people came out. They're like, we're in a lesson program. And the guy's like, I really like the horse. And I'm like, well, you have to ride him before you buy him. So hop on. So he hops on. <laughs> my horse trots three steps. And it was like, thank God my horse stopped because like his, he went, Trot, trot, trot. He went left, left, left. <laughs> like, <laughs> falling the horse. And so I was like, okay, this is not, this is not the horse for you. This is not going to work. Uh, but thank you for coming out and wasting all of our time. Um, and he was like, no, 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 I'm in a lesson program. It'll be fine. And I was You're like, like, no, 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 no. And he, he argued with me until I actually said, you know what? Here's the thing. This horse is not for sale to you but I appreciate you coming out. <laughs> and since then he's messaged me, we've been taking more lessons. Do you still have that horse? <laughs> I'm like, no, uh, no, I don't. no. Had, um, had to put him down. In fact, horse is no longer here. <laughs> yeah, no, he's gone. He's long gone. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I, I see this on a lot of Facebook posts and I didn't know what this meant until I posted an ISO on something and it's hijacking people hijacking posts. So, um, when put people write no hijacking, what does that actually mean? <laughs> I want to be the, the first to reject all these horses. And I have no clue how the anonymity of social media affects people's behavior. Also people will still hijack. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Like I'm looking for this and they're like, Oh, I'm a, can, can I get some details on that? No, because it's my post. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. This is great. Go check it all out. It's horse buyer language translated horsenation.com. We don't want to give any more away, but because it's an entertaining read. And I really want to get to this, the Mythbuster Monday. Tell us about that. Okay. So the Mythbuster Monday, and again, first, let me full disclosure. I did not write this. My wonderful freelancer, Ashley Francese did. And she, um, 
she does a lot of retraining of off-track horses, both standard breads and thoroughbreds. And she's um, working really hard to get some more um, standard bread incentive organizations going. Um, so she likes, she likes to write a lot of things about standard breads. And, um, so yeah, she did this Mythbuster Monday last week on Pacers Don't Trot and she's focusing specifically on standard breads and how they are actually horses who both pace and trot. So, um, which is really cool because they can trot under saddle, they can pace, they can, you know, they've got all these different gates that make them, really well suited to be under saddle horses. And a lot of people think that they're cart horses because they think they only pace. Well, and not, never is that more true than when you see a pacing race and the person who breaks into the, and, and a horse will break into the trot and then they don't win because they actually do trot. And they're, I mean, it's natural for them to pace, I believe, but I do believe they all still have a trot in them. Right, exactly. And I and I don't want to misrepresent the breed because this is not my forte, right? It's Ashley's. Um, so I'm being very careful about what I say here. But from what she says and from what my understanding is, it's natural for them to pace. But kind of like, you know, for those of us who ride non-gated horses, some horses have a lovely floaty forward moving trot and others have short choppy bounce your uterus out trots and you know, <laughs> you can, sorry that was very specific but I felt like it was I love descriptive it. enough you know and you can work them through that and you can improve their gates but for some it's just more natural than for others and I believe with standard breads they can all trot they can all pace but what they do more naturally and what they do more smoothly is dependent on the horse and the training I rode a horse when I lived in Arizona and he was a Tennessee walking horse and I competed him up through second level dressage. Oh, he, nice. he had no inclination to gate. Uh, he just trotted and, but he had a really, really floaty, lovely trot. And that's why he was able to, and he would really up underneath himself, like, like Tennessee walking horses are. So it was actually a really nice combination and he was, a, and it was a very well, mi good minded horse too. So, you know, you, you never know what they can do. And, 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 you know, it is, it, is, it does suck if you're trying to adopt him out and they're like, oh yeah, you raced as a pacer people will be like oh well he can't be a riding horse yes they can yep. yeah and i do right exactly and i do know ashley when she's retraining them she does a lot you know I, I don't know that she drives i think she only rides but i i could be wrong i think or how about this i know she mostly rides and i okay. think she focuses a lot on training them to do all the gates so that they can if people want to compete them so that they can compete in a variety of classes and things like that. So she, she's a, she's a great person and an awesome advocate for the breed. You know what? I just realized that I need to get her information and send it over to joy. We need to have her on retired racehorse radio. We love Ooh. to focus on, um, on the, some of the other racing breeds that aren't besides off the, the track thoroughbreds. Absolutely. I will send it over to you. Fantastic. And again, you can find that article on horsenation.com. Deanne, thank you so much for coming on. And um, are you are you living in your house yet after the big fire? Well, yeah, actually, it wasn't even so much a big fire. It was more the fire truck water. <laughs> right, ruined the right. house. No, we are not there, but we're in the home stretch. They are getting ready to repaint, which is exciting. Oh, fantastic. Well, good luck with all of that. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you taking some time to come on with us. Yep. Sure thing. You guys have a great Thanks week. Oh, and Jamie, congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
Super nice. Thanks. I, she thought for a minute for what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like <laughs> there was hesitation there. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> You're like, I'll just say thank you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I was, did I do something wrong? Yeah, I could tell that her defenses went up right away. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> I do believe you actually called in. So thank you for that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Sure thing. Have a great week, guys. Call me out on that calamity. <laughs> it was funny though. It was like any longtime listeners going, she she didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I don't get congratulated for stuff very often, so it's all new to me. Oh, that's funny. All right, we're going to have a post show for the auditors. Hang on there, and we're going to talk about what we'll talk about something. Uh, so right now, though, we're going to tell everybody that if you want to listen to all the shows in the Horse Radio Network, you can go to horseradionetwork.com. On the homepage, we have them all listed there by category. I think there's 17 or 18 now, and in, one of those includes Retired Racehorse Radio. I think you guys just recorded a new one. It's, pro- it's probably coming out soon, right? And we did, and it is. That's Good. all the details I have. Cool. So that'll be coming out. Uh, I could probably tell you that uh, it's going to be coming out on the tenth, on the two two days from now. So okay, it's coming out on, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, you can look for our latest retired racehorse radio. If you haven't tried it, her and Joy are delightful, and you really should take a listen to it. It's a really good show. Joy is delightful. I just hang on. Yeah, Joy's delightful. She's she's (laughs) on the show. Um, And also, we do have an all-shows feed, and a lot more people have been downloading this, apparently, by the numbers, uh, but many people don't know about it. If you listen to more than one show on the Horse Radio Network, you can get all the episodes for all the shows we do on one feed on your podcast player. Just search for Horse Radio Network All Shows, and it brings up the feed that includes every episode we put out, and you need to pick and choose the ones you want to listen to, but it's all in one feed, so you can find that as well. You can find Jamie on her Facebook page. It is a flyover farm. Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor, but pretty much if you type in flyover farm, uh, it'll come up. And we have tomorrow coming up on the show, Karen. We talked about Karen being snowed in. Well, she's on the show tomorrow talking about endurance riding. And they had a big endurance ride here over the weekend, a 50 and 100 miler in Ocala, I know. So I saw a lot of pictures from that. So we'll be talking endurance tomorrow on the show. And then Jamie will be back on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And hang on, auditors. Spay and neuter geld. Mm-hmm.